Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli. The Sports Deli is sponsored by SportRx. SportRx is the leader in sports prescription eyewear. You can find them online at sportrx.com. And don't forget to enter the code DELI10 at checkout for your special 10% discount. A little bit about your hosts today, Hootie Hoot. I coached college basketball for 23 years, 15 on the men's side and 8 on the women. And I now coach at a low-income, first-generation high school girls basketball here in San Diego. I played four years of college basketball. I'm a life coach. I have a beautiful daughter. I'm a professional basketball skills trainer. We love to share space with our guests here in the Sports Deli to talk about the intersection between race and sports, mental health and sports, equality, empowerment, empathy, leadership, education, sports, and solutions. We want to help mobilize, listen, learn, and pay it forward. You can always send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and you can also DM us on Instagram at Mike Hootner or on Twitter at Michael Hootner. We're so honored that you're joining us today and we hope that you can grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage and let's do this together in the sports deli. We're so honored to welcome former UCLA head coach Jim Herrick, who led his 1995 Bruins to its 11th national championship over the Nolan Richardson-led 40 Minutes of Hell Arkansas Razorbacks. He was named the Naismith and Pac-10 Coach of the Year during that 1995 campaign, and Coach Herrick was Coach of the Year four times while at Pepperdine while earning four trips to the NCAA tournament. He won 62% of his games as a head coach, and had winning seasons 13 out of 15 times. He's currently an assistant coach at Cal State Northridge under his former assistant coach at UCLA during that national championship run, Mark Gottfried. In addition to Pepperdine, he was also the head coach at Georgia and the University of Rhode Island, where he coached former NBA star and recent star on All the Smoke with Matt Barnes, Lamar Odom. He started his coaching career at Morningside High School in Inglewood in 1964, the year John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd. He was an assistant coach at Utah State and UCLA before becoming a head coach. He shares a birthday with Sweetness, Walter Payton, Emmett Till, and Mel Kuyper Jr. Coach Herrick was born in Charleston, West Virginia, about eight miles from Rand, where Randy Moss was born. Coach, we can't thank you enough. Uh, it's truly, truly an honor. We've, we've had a lot of people on the show from Jay Billis to Coach Jarvis, by the way, says hello, and um, Ben Braun, and, uh, but, but the, there's nothing like having Coach Herrick on. So welcome to the Sports Deli. We're honored. Thank you, Mike. It's nice to be here. Hoot. Sure you, yeah, that's right. Yeah, in the back, hoot. <laughs> I got a lot of things in the back, including the, the, the UCLA hat back there. Yeah. I got a Joe Namath autograph. I got uh, um, Coach Wooden's uh, pyramid that actually the lav got me uh, when I first started working your camps. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So how, how, are you, how are you hanging in there with uh, this crazy year? Well, it's the worst year I've ever had. It wasn't enjoyable at all. And I, I opted out most of the year, so I wasn't really around until I got yeah. the shots. and. Yeah, so it was crazy, crazy. Ugh. 
So um, I wanted to ask you first, I, I mentioned it a little bit in the, in the intro. So you started coaching in 1964 um, on Morningside. The first year Coach Wooden won his national championship. Wow. So, uh, you know, as a coach, I looked at that and watched that all that year. And I said, holy mackerel. Then he won it in 65 too. And my high school team, what I played on, played like that. And I just fell in love. Just fell wow. in love with the way they played. And I dedicated myself to learning everything I could about how to play the John Wooden. And I thank the Lord every day for the John Robert Wooden system of basketball. Not the only way to play, just the best. That's That's right. So just before you started coaching, uh, on August 28th of, of that previous year, Martin Luther King delivered his I Have a Dream speech. And then 86 days later, uh, JFK was assassinated. Can, can you take us back to that year and, and, and how that affected you? Well, I was teaching in the classroom when they announced it over the public address system that John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. And those are one of those, you know, where you are and you never forget where you are on those kind of days. And mm. I was in college senior and John F. Kennedy and Jackie came to Charleston, West Virginia and campaigned. And it was completely Republican state. And boy, he just wild everybody and everybody fell in love with him. And, and uh, he got uh, he got elected. And, and uh, you know, uh, I just I coached at Morningside High School and, and uh we just—it was just a time with where where all young people were, you know, maybe maybe confused. I'm not sure, but you know, I think our our country's gone through periods where you know uh, there's been shakeups and different kinds of things like that. And they have a person assassinated. I mean, that that that's as bad as anything could ever happen. And and then certainly too in the Kennedy family. Uh, that's really not supposed to happen. It's just a sad, sad time uh, for all of us. Did you talk to your players? Did, did they want to talk to you when, when you took over at Morningside? Oh, absolutely. We, we would sit down and talk about things like that. And, and uh, you know, I, I, there was so much, you know, I, I started there and, you know, I'm, I'm at Morningside and, and right after that, you know, uh, John Carlos, they held the, the black fist up at the Olympics and right and and I I I spent my time talking to my players about you know the right way and wrong way and and Martin Luther King had the right way and and uh, if you want to follow someone that's a guy to follow because he wanted to do it peacefully he wanted to do it the right way and I thought he was making tremendous progress with people he he really resonated with young people I know you used to talk about this in camp, you know, in the coaching sessions, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, obviously, during during the camps and, and the coaches would get together afterwards and you talk about your, your early days. But but what tools did you have in your toolbox to go from Charleston, West Virginia to to Morningside that that allowed you to feel comfortable in your own skin and and just uh you know, you know, the rest of the story, like, uh, what was it about your upbringing? Well, first of all, I had to, uh, you know, uh, shoot, I went to high school, we were segregated. And wow. we all played on the playground uh, in the summer. And uh, we got to know these, these guys, they, they went to another high school across town, not, not really not very far. 
So on Monday, they would get in their cars and come over to our playground. We'd play full court basketball. Tuesday, we'd go over there. Wednesday, they'd come to our place. And Thursday, we'd go back over there. And, you know, we got to know these guys and and became really good friends with them. And you're talking about the, you're talking about, you know, early days, late 50s. And still it was, uh, you know, we just we just wanted to play ball. That's all, and that's all that they wanted to do, and all we wanted to do. And I came to I got married. I graduated from college and got married that summer, and left that night and came to California. But I had to. Uh, you have to have five years to teach in high school, so I went back to UCLA Extension and got my fifth year while I was teaching, and uh, I started playing a lot of basketball every night. You know, playing industrial <laughs> league and all that stuff. And, I ran into Lee Smeltzer. He was on another team and he was really good and I was pretty good. And we became really, really good friends. And he hired me at Morningside High School. Wow. Went over there as the JV coach and JV basketball and JV baseball coach in 1964. And and it was just a, you know, the Lord guides your life. And and he guided me all the way. You know, you think it's coincidence, but it certainly isn't. And, and uh, every everything you know I've done, I've been guided to. And, and I was there, and I spent five years as a JV coach. And wow. Lee got the uh, College of the Canyons when they opened the College of the Canyons. He got that job, and I became the head basketball coach at Morningside High School. And Four years later, we had number one high school team in America, voted by Basketball Weekly magazine. And we just had a run of great young guys. And uh, and uh, I've always, you know, I've said to everyone that, you know, kind of my niche in life is I've coached nothing but African-American basketball players. And, and uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. We've had a great relationship. I've got some, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, we were in Vegas for for holding some some games on Christmas, and Jackie Robinson, one of my great players at Morningside High School, who's lived over there since, came down to the hotel and we had dinner together and wow. sat and talked for three or four hours about you know about everybody and re- rehashed all our players and all the games in high school and. And, uh, you know, just the other day, I, I got a call from our Pepperdine guys. Dane Suttle was all-time leading scorer in history of Pepperdine. Carmel Stevens' son plays on our team now. So, I, you know, we reunite with him, and we're getting ready to hire Dwayne Poley, who played for me at Pepperdine. And so, uh, you know, it's just a, been a bond and a great, great relationship. And, uh, you know, one year ago, we had a Zoom call with, 18 of our UCLA players that won the national championship managers, coaches, wow. uh, personnel. And it was one of the greatest nights of my evening and of my life. And so those are the kind of relationships that you build and, and uh, you can't break that bond. You can't break that bond. Uh, I've just got some great, you know, Lamar and I are really close. Uh, yeah. Some great players at Rhode Island. And Georgia, and uh, and I coached in the uh, development league, and got some really good players that I can still keep in contact with. So, you know, with email and things, just you just I mean, text and things, you just text guys, and you always got all, you got everybody's number, and yeah, you know, you just once in a while I'll just go through there and text the guy, how you doing, or things well, and they do that to me too, you know. 
just want to know, Coach, how you feeling? How you doing? Talked to Ed O'Bannon the other day on a text, and it's just uh, those are the benefits. Those are the great things you get out of coaching. I want to thank CityLokes.com, where you can get your own personalized hats and phone cases, tees, accessories, and much, much more. I ordered two hats, and they're amazing. Uh, one of them says the Sports Deli, and it has a California license plate, and the other one has a Michigan license plate and says, Speak Up and Dribble, Black Lives Matter. So check them out at citylokes.com, and don't forget to enter the code the Sports Deli at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview with Jim Herrick, head coach of the 1995 national champion, UCLA Bruins, who's coached almost 60 years right here in the sports deli. Oh man, I could I could listen to it for hours. Like I like I remember being at the camp after camp. It's just uh, you're you're an amazing storyteller, but I I find it just incredible. Like I was integrated in fifth grade in the the early 80s, and and you were doing this 30 years before when. There had to have been some criticism. Maybe there wasn't. You said you were going back and forth on different days and everybody just accepted each other. It's just it's just mind blowing. And it just shows you that, um, you know, this institutional racism and racism, the, the racial reckoning we're going through. You know, we've had Dr. Richard Lapchik on. We've had a lot of people on. And it's 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 a learned thing. And it sports through whether we've had Chris Johnson on, you know, we've had Jelani on, you know, we've had a lot of guys on and you know, you know this better than anybody, you know, sports really bridges the divide and you know, it's that common language. It really does, Mike, it really does. You know, there might be one or two, 3% of the people in high school, college and that make a mistake once in a while, but really most of the coaches, uh, you know, uh, really have a great relationship with their players and, and, uh, you know, most of the time you never see black or white, you just coach. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's probably one of the real good things that's come out of it. Yeah, well, there's definitely, I mean, I, Bill Curry was on the show also, who I'm sure you know, uh, you know, played for Vince Lombardi. You mm -hmm. know, and, and you and him are really similar in terms of, you know, your energy and just the way that you've approached life. And, and I remember when... Uh, <laughs> Jelani was, you know, we were joking about, you know, how we were imitating you and, you know, this camp is very, very, you know, and then he, he, you know, obviously he had an unfortunate situation at the time and he imitated you about how, uh, you know, McCoy, are you smoking weed in the dorms, McCoy? Hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, one of the things that, that they that they talked about with you was how endearing you were and, and how calm you were, uh, you know, no matter what. And, you know, we have a lot of people that listen to the show that are either coaches or, you know, players or former players. And uh, what lessons do you think the way that you handle yourself? Because everybody has to be true to themselves, right? You can't be somebody else. But how does that apply to life? I know as a JV coach, I was probably wild. And uh, <laughs> I was, and I had a vice principal uh, uh, at at uh, in, in Morningside High School who was a dear, dear friend. He took me aside one day and he says, "Hey, 
just calm down now a little bit. I'm gonna watch you now. I want you to calm down. You're too good to do what you're doing on the bench, and so that helped me a lot. You know, I uh, I try to try to do that, and you know, I, probably once or twice a year, we all us coaches embarrass ourselves in one way or the yeah. other. You know, yelling, <laughs> screaming, acting like a fool. And, and, you know, I, I certainly learned from Coach Wooden that, that you know, you yeah. do your coaching from 3 to 5.30 every day. Yeah. And once the game starts, you know, my job's over. Uh, now I can make substitutions and make adjustments and, and do something, call some timeouts and give some correction here or there. But as far as coaching the offense or the defense, I mean, you've done your job. And yeah. So, you know, mostly I was a sit-down coach, and I got better and better and better. And I really got better when we wanted. Then right. you really became a little more calm and to understand that that if you're really good enough to win the game, you're probably going to win. It. And if you're not good enough, you're probably not going to win. It. Yeah. And uh, so that helped me a lot too. And uh, I think most of the time I was really calm. I, mean, I lost my poised about a couple times every year and uh, you always had your wife there to remind you that you're a fool you make a fool <laughs> out of yourself and uh, and uh, that's a good thing yeah no time flies it, it definitely has for me and I know I know it has for you, you you've uh, left a legacy in, in so many different ways um, but the UCLA days um, you know when Lav came on he talked about even at 99 you know, Coach Wooden was doing a deep dive into the correlation between different religions because it was he was a lifelong learner, you know, and, and Lav's dad was a, was a teacher. And so, you know, how how do you continue to uh, be a lifelong learner yourself? Because you are. And, you know, what are you what are you sharing with Mark now and the team when you when you're there, you know, to, to help them, you know, the next generation of players and, and coaches? Coach Wooden always had a saying, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I learned from him again to take one part of the basketball game and every summer learn a little bit more about it, get a little bit better at it. Uh, whether it be ball handling, passing, dribbling, shooting, whether you want to run a different kind of offense, whether you want to run a motion, whether you want to do this or that. And I tried to do that. Uh, uh, and I've told coaches in every clinic I've ever been, you know, work your craft, be good at your craft, study it, work it. And the, uh, so you, when you do, you'll know that you're good. You'll have great self-confidence in your ability to coach a team. And if you work at your craft and get a little bit better every single year. And that's what I tried to do, get a little bit better every year. I was a better coach the other day than I was, you know, better coach the second year after winning the national championship than I was during the national championship. There'd be a lot of people disagree with that, Mike, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I know, I know. And, and I took that to Rhode Island and I said, all right, let's see how everything works. I'm running the same offense that I ran in Morningside, the same plays, the same out-of-bounds plays. Amazing. And they just, they're just solid and they just work and, yeah. You know, almost 90% of the stuff I got was Coach Wooden's. And I do a lot of defensive stuff that Pete Newell did. Right. Um, and all the big man stuff was Pete Newell's stuff. Uh, when I was at Pepperdine, I'd send Tom Asbury, my assistant, to Hawaii during the Pete Newell big man camp. And yeah. we tape every every day we would tape 
uh, Pete awesome. Newell, and we brought that library back and incorporated it into our, our game. And, and uh, consequently, our big guys have been really fundamentally very sound with great footwork and great moves and things. And yeah. Certainly, it attributes to how good you are, too. But uh, we've got it all in the game there. And I really only followed two guys, Wooden and Newell. And, I mean, you know, you pick things up. Uh, I got a lot of zone stuff from some guys and this and that along the way that I really like. And, you know, I've tried to pass it all along in clinics and things to, to other guys and coaches. And, and uh, but Coach Wooden had an unbelievable knack, not the only way to play the game, just the best. Oh, man. Uh, incredible. I remember going to all the coaching clinics. You know, those were big things back back uh, when I was, you know, starting out. And I don't know if they're just not as big a thing anymore. There's just different ways to learn. And when you reflect back on, on those UCLA days, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous how it ended. But, um, you know, that's just the way that, you know, you're supposed to go, I guess. Um, but but looking back on it, what do you what do you take away most besides the national championship, the relationships? Well, uh... I had a great run. I had a great run at UCLA. We went to tournament every single year and yeah. a great, great uh, program there. We were in top five in the country. And so, you know, that was fine. I, uh, I take a lot of, you know, that, that you, you know, I see a lot of coaches go from Pepperdine to UCLA and a mid-major right. to a major and yeah. kind of recruit the same guys they were recruiting before at Pepperdine and, that doesn't work. So you know, the ability to transfer from from uh, from that from, from say different kind of player to a different kind of player, and and you know, Mike, I coached in the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, 2010, and 20, and uh, I'm proud of that. And uh, you know, you just adjust along the way. I know the guys at Pepperdine had. Guys at Northridge had great respect for me and and learned and wanted to learn and wanted to work and wanted to come in and work out with you. And so, you know, there's a great sense of, you know, whatever you did. And I've always said, you know, people say, oh, how kids are different. How, how, how are they different? Well, they're different in the fact that they want it just a little bit quicker, that they want to yeah. be taught and want to be coached and want to be taught, taught fairly. They want to win. They want to work really, really hard. And they want to have success, and that that hasn't changed from the '60s till now. The only thing is, they were, you know, they want to be, they want to be uh, LeBron James <laughs> in one one swoop, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, it's like education; it just comes slowly. You got to build it into everything you're doing, and, and uh, work at it, and work at your craft. And, and uh, as a player, you got to work at your craft, like Kobe Bryant was a great one to work at his craft get better and better and better and uh, uh, I want players to do that get better and better see how much better you can get each and every day and uh, that's what your job is you've been given this God-given talent and, and to repay him you've got to really work hard and become the best you can possibly become well they want you to be genuine too so that's incredibly important that they know that you care about them especially now in these in these days back then it was just do as I say you know, and now it's it's a little bit more extrapolated from there. Give but. props to PSK Collective. Be inspired in PSK, where their clothing promotes inclusivity, empowerment, and equality by supporting female athletes through the Women's Sports Foundation. 
You can find them online at pskcollective.com or at walmart.com. And now back to this incredible interview with Jim Herrick, head coach of the 1995 national champion UCLA Bruins, who's coached almost 60 years right here in the sports deli. Heck, you can take this, you can fool a fool, and you can con a con, but you yeah. can never kid a kid. They That's right. No, they, they know. know. They do, yeah. So do you like the way that the game has changed and it's more open style? Well, I, I personally, I think the three-point shot has really hurt the game more than it's helped the game. Yeah. Uh, it might be exciting for some, but what it's done is made everybody a three-point shooting team and taken away all your offensive sets and you've gone to screen and roll and get and stay in the corner and shoot the three, taking all kinds of individual movement out of the game of basketball. Not everybody, but 70, 80% of the teams I watch just set a screen and, you know, get guys off the ball, try to penetrate and kick and shoot the three. That's, yeah. a, that's a whole game. And uh, uh, I don't play that way, you know, but uh, uh, to me, that's, it's taken away from the give and go and, yeah. and uh, the real, you know, college basketball has always been a medium range jump shooting game. Yeah. And uh, I watch all kinds of games and there's no medium range shooters anymore. I just watched the, Brooklyn and Milwaukee and, and Kevin Durant is one of the greatest medium range shooters I've ever watched. He, he's a guy at six, 10, 11, seven foot. He can shoot the three like it's easy and he can get to any spot on the floor. Amazing. He can't stop the medium. Then he can get to the drive, get to the rim. And uh, boy, what an offensive talent that young man is. Yeah, really. Well, there's nothing that was more exciting in terms of college basketball finals and Keith Smart shot and Michael Jordan shot both mid-range game winners. Yeah, and so I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. That's true. Over the years, um, obviously you've developed some amazing relationships. Um, you know, who have you, who have you learned from and, and who, um, you know, do you call maybe your, your brother, you know, in terms of the coaching world and, and who do you, who do you admire and who, who did you learn a lot about, you know, maybe after you were done at Rhode Island and Georgia and UCLA, they didn't really know them and you got to know them and, and you were like, wow, what an, what an amazing person. Well, when I, I retired Kiki Vandaway, whose dad was my pediatrician when I was wow. at high school, his dad was a pediatrician. Denver. Now the current Job clinic right over there in Inglewood. And wow. Kiki used to shoot hoops in my gym as an eight, eight year old and, Wow. And then I was assistant at UCLA and Kiki played there. And so we didn't have shoot arounds then. And, uh, and, uh, but Kiki would always call me and say, Hey, let's go shoot. Even on the road, we'd get up and go shoot and, and we'd go come to Polly and shoot. And because he wanted to shoot. And, and, uh, so that was part of it. And then when I, when I retired, he was coach, he was Joe manager of Denver Nuggets. He said, no, you're not quitting. He says, you won't come work for me. And I scouted for him for three years. And, and really, uh, I really learned to admire uh, Nate McMillan. Oh, yeah. His team, Seattle teams, play when he had Ray Allen. Whew! Oh, were they good. And George Carl, uh, oh, wow. he came to Denver and coached. And I just 
fell in love with him because he he really knows the game. He's really enthusiastic. He's up and positive, and and uh, uh, certainly I got to know Popovich pretty good. And I knew Popovich. I was a coach at Morningside. He was a coach at Pomona Pitzer out in Pomona. Amazing. And so we go back that far. Yeah. Uh, so to watch these guys coach, which you know you're you're so busy coaching your own team, you got tunnel vision, you're recruiting. Yeah. You don't have time to watch all these other guys, but but uh, you know I got to certainly got to watch those guys and and really really admire you know how they coach a basketball team and how they build a basketball team. They're really 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 good. And there are some others uh, uh, that I liked also. What coach impresses you uh, now? Obviously, the usual suspects. But I, I, I talked to Gordon, one of my co-hosts, about this. Coach K <laughs> seemed a little bit cranky this year, understandably. And um, uh, somebody mentioned that he's basically Coach Knight with a filter. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and it was just a hard year. You know, uh, I think I think the guy that the last five to seven years has done the best job of anybody is Jay Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Very solid, very sound, not flashy, but fundamentally, I watch him on tape, very fundamentally sound. And I've got an assistant that worked at Creighton. He called me one day, and they were in the league. He called me one day, and he, he played for me at Rhode Island. Wow. He called me, he says, Coach, I'm watching Villanova on tape. <laughs> he says, they do everything we do. <laughs> and, uh, I'd spend some time with Jay, giving him some stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Stuff. And practice plan, how to plan your practice and things. And, and he incorporated it. And I think he's done a great, great job the last five, seven years in college basketball. Yeah, he has. Well, and you guys have similar personalities. He's very calm. He doesn't get upset very often and, and uh, certainly works well for him and, and his style. Um, and boy, I tell you, he recruits the kind of guys that he can coach and fit into the Villanova system. And I know I was, I was completely retired and I do some speaking for, for some people and everything. And uh, at the final four and go around and speak, you know, you have and Tony shows to fans and things. And, <laughs> and I worked for this gal and she called me one day. She said, Hey, uh, I need you badly over at the uh, Villanova's Villanova's here. They were in the final four. I need you badly at Villanova's uh, fun uh, booster dinner. Right. Yeah. So I, Get ready to drive, drive out there, and drove into this airport hangar. And there were 3,500 people there. I mean, it was amazing. Wow. The Nova Nation, they called it. <laughs> That's crazy. And I learned a lot about the Nova Nation. Boy, whoo, is it big and strong and unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a fact, uh, Mike, you got to remember Jay built, he's built that monster, and yeah. he's got to feed that monster. Yeah. And that monster's hard to feed, boy. Tough to feed. Can't have a couple down years, you know. Yeah. I look around and I know how taxing this year was oh. for Roy Williams, for Lon Kruger, yeah. two guys that say, well, oh, you know, just just wore you out and just wears yeah. you out. And and I can see why they would, you know, they they said, okay, you know, my health, everything, that's enough. Yeah, and uh, I admire them for doing that. Admire them for getting out the way they did, and, and uh, have a lot of respect for them. But it wears you out. Like it's a, it was a hard year on everybody, and 
there's part of me that says, I don't know how in the world an athletic director can fire a coach, a basketball coach during a pandemic. I just don't understand that. And uh, if, if the NCAA gave the players a free year, and athletic directors ought to give the coaches a free year because it was an awful, awful, awful situation to try to build a team in this environment. Totally. And, and not only those coaches retired, we lost a lot of coaches this year, Lute Olson and, and John Chaney and, and Big John and, you know, Kobe last year. I mean, it, it, it has been an unbelievable year. All, all that I was very, very close to, very close. Chaney and I worked at the battle. Played him when I was in the Atlantic 10. And of course, yeah. the had some fierce battles, just <laughs> unbelievable battles. Seven and eight throws on the floor at the same yeah. time. It was unbelievable. And oh. I don't know John when I moved that went back. He's pretty good. And, yeah. and uh, you know, Kobe and I shared the same agent when, when I won it and he came out in 95. So right. we'd be in his office and wow. Kobe'd grab me and say, hey, tell me about it. Tell me about it. He explained how you do it. I'm like, you mean, you mean to have all, he has so many questions for you, he couldn't answer them. He was such an enthusiastic guy. And, and oh. uh, you know, I, I look back at that and all these guys are my age. And, uh, who, boy. Mm. Yeah, there was definitely some incredible battles for sure. Um, so, one of the things that we like to talk about on the show is, is mental health. You know, a lot of players have come out uh, from the WNBA to Kevin Love, you know, UCLA grad and, you know, others in the NFL, it's not as, as taboo. And in, in, in the black and brown communities for a long time, it's either taboo or you get roasted, you know, if you don't act right. And so, you know, uh, do you think that athletic departments should have sort of the um, Pete Carroll philosophy where you have someone always available, you know, for the kids to just, you know, care about them off the court. And, and, I think and since, since I was at UCLA, we've always had someone available for young people. It's hard yeah. for them to admit that they need to talk to somebody. What do you think? I'm crazy kind of right. attitude. And that was very, very difficult. Uh, uh, I got to know Meta Peace. Oh, yeah. This year, his son played for us a little bit out at Northridge, mm -hmm. and uh, I watched his 30 for 30, and, you know, it's really interesting. <clears throat> I've had more doctors tell me that more young people through the pandemic have become depressed and, right. and different kinds of things like that, and, and uh, we have, I, I don't know, any school doesn't have a psychologist available, and then if they go again, then they could go to a psychiatrist, and it's all paid for and free, and they should be able to take care of that. And, and uh, uh, it's just hard for a young person to step up and say, hey, I yeah. need to talk to a psychologist. They just don't do that. And well, uh, everyone I've tried, boy, they look at you sideways like you think I'm crazy or something like that. And it's not, you know, I lost my wife. And boy, I tell you, I was depressed for a year. I, I, I wouldn't come out of my house. And, yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's really very, very difficult. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss coach. Uh, but, and, and the other, and the other thing is though, they don't look at it in, in terms of growth and evolution, the way that they do with basketball. Right. So if you go and work on yourself between the ears and above the eyebrows, if you look at it along those terms, then 
you know, you grow and, but it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. You can't just talk to somebody for an hour and, and feel like it's going to be fixed. So I think if they approached it from that standpoint, you know, we grind it out on the court, but off the court, we don't want to work on what's up here. You know, we had a young guy uh, a while back that, that he'd go along as a good player, solid player, but he would just lose it. One time he just walked out of the gym during a game and you know, so we called him in and I asked him, I said, do you think in your mind that you have a problem sometimes? Because every time they call foul on him, you know, he'd look at the official and throw his hands up and say, you can't do that. You can't do that. And he said, yeah, I do have a problem. I said, well, let, let us help you. But he, you know, hard for him to admit. It's hard for him to gather energy to go see somebody and say, hey, I want help. Help me, help me. Uh, somehow we got to get over that barrier because mental health is is really a serious problem with our young people today. Yeah, and we don't want it to get to the point, you know, where Billy Knight, uh, you know, shows us such a sad video and and you know takes his own life and and those types of things. And it's just really my dad committed suicide when I was nine, so you know it's just something that I've you know, understood from a young age and um, always try to take a holistic approach like you to, to coaching, uh, to care about the kids, uh, you know, both on and off the court. So it's, it's, everyone's a little bit different in, in how they handle those things. But, um, you know, you've always taken that holistic approach, which is, which is amazing. Sure. Uh, so I want to ask one last question before we get to the rapid fire, the fun part. Um, and, you know, shut up and dribble or speak up and dribble. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, there's been a shift, whether you want to call it political or the fact that athletes are always at the forefront, whether it's Muhammad Ali or Jackie Robinson or John Carlos, you know, Arthur Ashe, uh, Colin Kaepernick, whoever we're talking about. And so the one thing that has been sort of one of the common themes is more white people have stepped up this time from my perspective and a lot of people's perspective than we've ever seen before. And, um, you know, policies are starting to get shifted. I don't know, completely change. You know, there, there is, there is a different vibration from, from what I can tell. Is that something that you sense also, do you think we're going in a better direction? You were in the civil rights era and this is the, the racial reckoning now, Dr. Lapchick calls it, but, you know, I think anything we do is a positive step and, and, uh, you know, uh, my whole thing is, is I'm trying to change you or you're trying to change me. And the way you do that is by example. Most of the time you raise your children by example and you change things by example. And if we can do that, I think we can make progress in every area. Yeah. How, how proud were you of... Um... Mark and, and uh, how he handled, you know, cause it's probably different questions from parents now and you know, what the culture is going to be like on campus and you know, how you care about my kid, not just basketball, you know? Yeah. He's really good. He can, he, he's really good in situations like that. He can, he can really uh, command a room and, and, yeah. and handle situations uh, that come up like that. He's very, very good at that. Yeah. That's great. Well, He's definitely lucky to have you as uh, that voice of reason. He's pretty calm too. He, I've seen him get a little animated, but he's, you know, he's, you know, he's got good, uh, 
you know, command on the sidelines. And I've always loved watching him. Lorenzo's a little bit different, you know, Lav's a little bit different. It was just amazing. All of you who were on the sidelines there for that national championship run and, and the paths that <laughs> all of you have taken is, <laughs> it's really remarkable to be quite honest with you. How proud of you are of all those guys. Real good guys, real good guys, real good guys. Yeah. I'm excited to finally be supporting Moolah Kicks. They're dropping in May of 2021. They are the first female-only brand basketball shoe, and you can find them online at Moolah, Moolah is M-O-O-L-A-H, kicks, like shoes, K-I-C-K-S, plural, moolahkicks.com. And now back to this incredible interview with Jim Herrick, head coach of the 1995 national champion UCLA Bruins, who's coached almost 60 years right here in the sports Delaware. All right, let's, let's get this thing rocking and rolling here. Buckle your seatbelt, coach. Uh, American Bandstand or Dinner with Jukeboxes? American Bandstand. <laughs> Watching a movie at a drive-in or a movie theater? Movie theater. Marlon Brando or Paul Newman? Ah. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Jerry Lewis or James Stewart? Mm. James Stewart was an actor. Jerry Lewis was a comedian. Both were great at each. Each. Yeah. Jerry Lewis, his facial expressions. I gotta tell you, man, he he, absolutely. Oh, hilarious. Elizabeth Taylor or Marilyn Monroe? Ooh. Well, (laughs) Marilyn didn't didn't have the uh, staying power as Elizabeth Taylor did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right. Bob Hope or Dick Clark? Bob Hope was one of the all-time greatest of all time. He he might be the goat. Yeah, might yeah, be he, the goat of comedians. He might be. I agree. Uh, Sean Connery or Sidney Poitier? Mm. Sidney was a great actor, but so was Sean. But I would go with Sidney on that. He was a little more state and power. Yeah. Larry King or Phil Donahue? Larry King. He's still doing it. Woo, God bless him. I know. Johnny Carson, Dave Letterman, or Lawrence Welk? Oh, no, 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 no. Johnny Carson is, if Bob Hope was a goat, the second goat was Johnny Carson. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. Uh, Psycho, 12 Angry Men, or Animal House? <laughs> I like Animal House. <laughs> That's classic. Oh man, Rockies, Jaws, or Star Wars? Mm, I'm going to go with Rocky. Yeah, classic. Yeah, I love Lucy, Three Stooges, or Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello, they might be the third goats of all time. Totally, they, they were the greatest. And uh, young people will listen. There's only never even heard Abbott and Costello. No. I mean, they were terrific. Costello was one of the greatest of all time. Might be the third goat in that comedian line i agree hilarious uh honeymooners the rifleman gilligan's island or all in the family all in the family because we still watch it man I mean, my wife loves it just loves <laughs> it there and laughs at it. groundbreaking show for sure yeah the twilight zone dick van dyke or get smart i'm gonna go with dick van dyke because uh we were at the dick van dyke show and uh my wife Water broke on our first son. Wow. Leave and rush to the hospital. 
That's incredible. I got to know Danny Thomas when I was out here, and he was oh. wired in with them. And, Interesting. And uh, uh, he got his tickets to go to, to the uh, Big Van Dyke shows. Oh, wow. Watching Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. And that kind of, That's classic. Dick Van Dyke or MASH? See, I knew Jamie Farr too. He was really, <laughs> really popular. And then, you know, you, that, those are tough. That, that's a tie right there. That's a tie. Really good, though. MASH was good. Boy, Aldo was great in that. Aldo was great. I agree. Uh, popcorn or candy at the movies? I got to go with popcorn. Butter? Popcorn fan. Butter? No. No it's butter. Good. Wow. Nobody. Interesting. Well, KJ, Jelani, and Ray all like butter. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't surprise you, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> French toast. I got to say, Jelani was really upset when, when things transpired. He, he just, he, he spoke so highly of you. Um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I love Jelani. He was going to be, he was going to be a great one for us too. And, and uh, it was sad. Chris too. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. How proud are you of of uh, Baron and and Matt and Jelani? You know, they got Media Thirty Four. They got Slick. They have no, all these things going on. It's amazing. I recruited Matt, but I never coached him, and I really yeah. don't know him that well. But uh, Baron and I were just really close, and Jelani yeah. and Chris, and you know, I come to admire those guys, love those guys, and wonderful kids yeah i've heard them a lot there's this new app called uh, clubhouse and they've mm -hmm. been on there a lot and and just listening to you know some of the things they talk about uh from from the black dollar to you know Chris johnson uh, i've listened i heard i listened to him just the other day and he's really good he's very really good, good. Really yeah, he's, good. He's, he's doing a great job yeah and he was on our yeah he was on too and and he and i got into it a little bit it was very interesting because we were talking about reparations and, you know, I, I, I triggered it with something that I said I didn't mean to. And, you know, it was a good discussion, but, it, you know, I think it's important that, that uh, you can have, uh, you know, some conversations that get a little heated, but, but people learn from it. So, uh, okay, so French toast, pancakes, or waffles? Oh, French toast kills them all. So do you have French toast with like just plain white bread or challah or, or what kind of toast do you use? <laughs> oh, I think I, I'd, I'd go with, I'd probably go with uh, white bread. There you go. Uh, peanuts. Waffles a second though. Yeah, second, definitely waffles. Peanuts, Charles Schultz. Peanuts uh, or Scooby-Doo? Well, if you get, talk about M&M peanuts, they win. <laughs> they win the race. Maybe the best candy of all time, M&Ms. There you go. Favorite music genre you like to listen to? I have on my thing, I have certainly have Frank Sinatra yep. and Barbara Streisand. Oh. I certainly have Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. Yeah. And I have Kenny Rogers and Lady Antebellum. Those wow. are mine. Uh, those are kind of the ones that I listen to more than I love Lionel Richie. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my style. I love it. Uh, Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, or Mike Tyson? The goat of all time is Muhammad Ali. Yeah. The goat. Goat. Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? Ooh, I play golf a lot. I'm not going to handle that one very well. 
I love them both. They're both really, really, really good. Yeah. Whatever, it would really be hard to vote against Tiger. But Jack, Jack's longevity and what he's done over the long period of time, yeah. I think Tiger would have broken everything if he hadn't, his body hadn't broken down on him just a little bit. Yeah. Who's your favorite player to coach? Oh, my son played for me. So uh, that's right. That's it's really good. a hard question because, uh, you know, every day's a new day. I start fresh every day. And got a lot of guys I love. But who, who, who was a sponge? Like who, who loved learning more than anyone else? I had a kid, I had a kid named Jonas Hayes at Georgia, who's now the assistant uh, basketball coach at Xavier. He had a twin Jarvis who got drafted ninth in the NBA, but Jonas was as spongy a guy that you ever want to meet from the standpoint that he almost knew he was going to coach. Hmm. I couldn't put anything in that he did just didn't master and gobble up. And he wasn't a great player, but he was a good player, of course, and he helped us a lot. But uh, you're not an NBA player or anything, but uh, they were twins. Wow. And, uh, and one went on to the NBA, but one went on coaching. Jonas Hayes knew. I mean, he, I don't know if he knew, but kind of psychologically, he, he says, Somewhere in his mind said, "You're going to coach, so you better something. You better pick all this stuff up." And that's right. Well, he did. He was a sponge. That's interesting. Before me at Georgia. Yeah, that's cool. Dishes, vacuuming, or laundry? Dishes, vacuuming, or laundry. I'm a vacuum guy. Do you like to have the lines like perfectly? You know, do you have yeah. a, do you have a, you yeah. have a whole yeah. system? Especially on the rug. <laughs> it's I the least. It. I tell my wife, give me the least intelligent thing to do, vacuum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Bing, a few more. Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, Billy Holiday, or Duke Ellington? Bing was a trendsetter and very, very good. But, boy, I'm telling you, Nat King Cole, oh. if there's a goat, he's right under him. He's right under him. You're talking about my era now. Yep. And, uh, boy, he was something. He was really something. Nobody else has had these questions before, Coach, I, just, I assure you. Uh, Bill, Coach Curry had some different ones for sure. Uh, bingo, Scrabble, or Puzzles? Well, I, I kind of like uh, – I'd say bingo. I'll go with bingo. I love we bingo. play a lot with our grandkids. And, and <laughs> That's awesome. Puzzles. When we have go on vacation, we have, when we have a little cup here, you know, and play little bingo games, and they get to pull in. They either get a <laughs> gift card or a dollar or something. They get so excited or something that's great. That's great. How do you like being a grandfather? Oh, I had my first, first great this week. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome. And yeah. First great this week. Aww. And um, so exciting. I got the, the, what I call the divine nine and they are divine. The greatest thing you can give your greatest thing your children can give you or grandchildren. Yeah. Just absolutely so, spectacular. And now I got a great grandchild. So I'm just, uh, I'm going up next week in Salt Lake City and see her. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, today's my grandmother's 92nd birthday, so it's it's, it's, it's great to yeah, have, that, have you on yeah, on her birthday. You need to call her and be there with, for her. Definitely, yep. My mom's there visiting, and, and I called her today, and she had a great brunch, so it, it was great to have her be around family yeah. and stuff. Famous phrases from the 50s we don't really say anymore. Cruising for a bruising, knuckle sandwich, or burn rubber. 
Bruising for bruising. I used to say that all the time. Famous phrases of the 2000s. Bling or dope? <laughs> I don't like these. I don't like dope, so I'll go with bling. <laughs> That's fire or peace out? That's fire. Uh, chill out or you're tripping? You're tripping. <laughs> Speaking of tripping, uh, Dick Vitale, Bill Walton, or Lav as an announcer? <laughs> I'm going with my boy Lav. <laughs> oh, I think a little, uh, a little uh, you know, you, you tickle the twine with your heart, not your head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, KJ said that he he loves Lab. Obviously, he lived with him for a while when he was in New York at St. John's, and he just he he said he's enamored with with Lav. He just loves him, and and Lav might coach again. We we hope that he gets another job if it's a good I fit. I hope he does too. I'm gonna go watch him. Yeah, for sure. Hank Aaron or Jackie Robinson? I think I know the answer. Ooh, come on, that's a <laughs> right under goats or goats. Yeah. Those two guys are right there at the top of the goat list too. Yeah, yeah. you can't choose between those two. No way. Bill Belichick, Phil Jackson, Pat Summit, or Gino Ariema? Phil Jackson in basketball, Belichick in football. <laughs> there you go, Coach. Oh man, it was really, really an honor to to sh share space with you. Um, you know, you're a legend, and and uh, don't get enough credit. And really, until Mick made this little run. You know, UCLA's uh, and, and, and all the guys that we've had on from UCLA have talked about this. You know, when you compare the brotherhood of Carolina and Duke and the way that they sort of approach uh, hiring people and, and how people stay connected, uh, I think Mick is, is, is doing a good job of um, sort of fixing some of the things that have been broken over the last uh you know really since you were there and so i'm glad that that's that's happened and and uh, you know again you don't get enough credit for what you did there not only winning a national championship and uh you had great years every year and and uh the camps were amazing and i i just you're a big reason why i've stayed in coaching for 30 years and i can't thank you enough for for allowing me to work your camp and and, and being a part of, you know, sort of your extended family or your tree sort of. And I know how valuable your time is. I, I genuinely appreciate you. Uh, things come in full circle. I, I worked for you and now you're coming on, on the podcast. <laughs> it's, so, it's, just, it's just crazy how things work out. It's just amazing. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Love to hear from all my guys. Yeah. All right, Coach, anything else you want to share with, with the world? We've been in 25 countries and, and it's, it's been an honor to share space with so many amazing people, especially the UCLA people are always, always welcome here and, and uh, can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank you, Mike, for having me. I always like to be, you know, give back and this is part of it. I love it. Thank you very much. All right, coach, anything we can do, please let us know. And, and uh, best of luck uh, navigating the, these crazy times. Okay, Mike, thank you very much. Buddy. All right. Much love and respect. All right, coach. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Wow, we've had some amazing guests on the show, but um, we haven't had anyone that's coached nearly 60 years, and um, it really, really was just a tremendous experience and an honor, and we can't thank uh, Coach Eric enough, again, for coming into the Sports Deli and getting that karma, and we hope all of you uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. 
Remember, your voice matters when fighting systemic racism. Read a book, acknowledge your white privilege, watch a movie about institutional racism, call your local or state representatives, and or have a conversation with someone that doesn't look like you. We have to change the economic, educational, police, housing, prison, and voting suppression narratives that currently need to be changed in this country. And the only way to do that is to listen and learn and then help be a part of the mobilization and change that we want to see. Remember, you can always send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com. Until next time, please mask up still. And I guess if you have had either the single dose or both doses of the vaccine, uh, there is some evidence now that um, the chances are so low that you can get COVID that you don't necessarily have to wear the mask now. Uh, I'm choosing to do so still. Uh, but if you have not been vaccinated, please mask up. And remember, Black Lives Matter. Stop Asian hate. And remember, it takes a village. Until next time, peace.